On today's episode of Three Wide in the Middle, we're going to take a look at last week's race at the Roval, where Happy Harvick is no longer happy, and his little feud with Chase Elliott. Plus, can anybody stop Kyle Larson this season and the most disgruntled driver currently in F1 got a win this last week? And finally, we're going to cap it off with a huge victory in the championship, in the E-NASCAR Coca-Cola Series championship for Keegan Leahy. That and more coming up next. What's up, everybody? Thomas Brandon here. This is Three Wide in the Middle. Thank you very much, as always, for joining me. Now, really quick, a couple little house uh, house cleaning issues. Uh, last week, did not have a pod. Last week um, was just a crazy, crazy week. Um, we are currently doing like a remodel here at the house, and then I had a bunch of stuff going on in my business, and then it was also my daughter's birthday, and so we just had a ton of stuff going on, um, and I did not get the pod out, so sorry about that, but we're back. We are back this week, and we got a lot to talk about. Now, as I said uh, just a second ago, Happy Harvick is not so happy. So if you remember back a couple weeks ago, uh, Harvick and Chase Elliott had their little dust up at Bristol. Now, I, I one thing I got I got to give Chase credit, uh, Chase Elliott uh, credit on this. I got to give him props because the rule is this: if you're gonna talk shit right? If you're going to say something, you better back it up. You better be willing to back it up, right? As, as my folks would say, put your money where your mouth is. And after the whole Bristol incident, right? Both Chase and Harvick said stuff. Now, Harvick got even at the Roval. He got him. And it was, it was obvious. It was plain as day. You're in the cockpit. You can hear the motor speed up at the point where they're at in the corner where it's not usually a spot that you would be wanting to accelerate, especially when you have a car right in front of you. He speeds up, he gets into the back of Chase and sends Chase for a ride. Chase wrecks, all right? Elliot wrecks the car. Now, Elliot actually, <laughs> he actually tried to pay Harvick back relatively quickly. I mean, he, 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 and he turned down, like he was not this wasn't like, oh, I'm going to give you a love tap that says I don't like you. Like, he was going for him. And he didn't even get him. He hit another car. But I got to apply the, I got, I, I got to applaud the stones on young Chase Elliott because he didn't care. He had one thing and one thing only on his mind, right? He, this dude's running for a championship. Did not care. It was Harvick. That was, his, that was in his crosshairs, and that's all, he, that's all that mattered at that moment. Now, luckily for Chase Elliott, they got the car fixed. He was able to get in a good enough finish to where they've, they've locked themselves in. They're in the round of eight now as we head into Texas this week. Harvick's out. Now, after Bristol, I kind of thought, and obviously I, you know, I don't talk to those guys. They don't know me. I don't know them, right? So I don't have any inside information. But I kind of thought the way that it went down, that it was over. I kind of thought each of them had kind of, you know, you know, Harvick did his thing. Chase kind of paid him back running his line, whatever. Yes, it cost Harvick a win, but it was like, yeah, it's kind of, it's done. It's over. Um, if anything, maybe some choice words or something like that. But I didn't think that Harvick would pull a move like that. 
you know, just a couple weeks later in the chase, right? Or in the playoffs as they're, as he's fighting for, you know, a top eight, but he did. And, you know, Chase Elliott tried to respond in kind. Now, Elliott was catching back up with them and was going to go for him and Harvick ended up wrecking himself. So he didn't get the chance. But Chase Elliott said, you know, <laughs> happy, you know, basically happy, happy Christmas. Enjoy the off season about Harvick. And next season, right? Or not even next season. I should say just the rest of this season. It's going to be interesting to see if anything happens. Now, Elliott has no reason to go after Harvick now. Harvick's out of the playoffs. There's no, absolutely nothing to gain for Elliott. He is, he has everything to lose and nothing to gain these next few races, right? There's only three more races before we cut it down to four. And then it's the championship race at Phoenix. So Elliot has nothing to gain from this and everything to lose. And, and when you're trying to beat your teammate, who is Kyle Larson right now, who just seems like he cannot lose at all. I mean, it's just insane the run that that guy's on. Elliot doesn't need to take unnecessary risks. He really doesn't. So will something happen the rest of the season? I don't know. I probably not would be my guess. Now, Harvick, on the other hand, he might not think it's done. Now, Harvick did get him back. But will that be enough for him? Is that where he'll end it? And I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to watch the last few weeks if those two are running around each other to see if anything happens. Because like I said, if you're going to talk shit, you better be willing to back it up. You know, it's, it's funny because we say it all the time in sim racing, right? There is, there is no tougher person on the planet than somebody sitting behind a monitor in their house, right, on a keyboard. There's not. Give them a headset and a microphone, and they will say stuff to you that you would, you're just like, what, really? Like, you're going to say that to me right now over whatever just happened? It's incredible. When 99.9% of those people, if you were face-to-face with them, they would never say that, ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. And that's the real difference between people who act tough and people who are tough. You see, real badasses don't have to talk about it, right? It's one thing to blow off steam, right? Like Harvick did at the, after the Bristol race. He blew off steam. But make no mistake, Harvick is a legitimate badass. Like if he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. Most of you might be too young to remember this, but year, years and years ago, go look up the the uh, the Kevin Harvick Greg Biffle incident. I mean, Harvick jumps off a car and starts choking Biffle <laughs> like he's <laughs> he he had no he was there was nothing else that mattered on that earth but getting Greg Biffle, right? So he's a legitimate badass. He's not someone to play with. He's not. He will back it up, and that says a lot because most people won't. But it looks like Chase Elliott's one of them people who's not going to take it neither. So like I said, it'll be interesting to see what happens because the vast majority of people talk. These guys actually took action. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. So this week we've got Texas. Now, Kyle Larson, again, is on the freaking pole and he is just dominating right now. So we just reset. We cut the 12 down to eight. All right, we've got Texas this week, and Larson's on the pole. And right now, as the point stands, three out of the four drivers that I had picked for my final four 
are in the actual four right now. Now, obviously, we got three more races before we have the final four. But if you remember, I said Larson, Truex, Ryan Blaney, and Harvick. Well, Harvick's out. Harvick was my dark horse. He's out. Right now, the top four sits Larson, Hamlin, Truex Jr., and Blaney. That's your top four. Now, Kyle Busch is fifth, Elliott sixth, Logano seventh, and Keselowski's eighth. He got the last spot. Now, that's a stout group of drivers, okay? It really is. And this week going in Texas, obviously, we know that Larson's good, okay? I mean, we can see that. But each one of those guys can win this race. They really can. And that's one of the things that I got to say I actually enjoy now about in NASCAR. See, when they did the chase, I didn't like the chase. I thought the chase sucked. I, I, I did. I didn't like it at all. It was like, okay, so you're going to run 26 races and then reset the points and then you're going to run a 10 race mini season. That's stupid. Right? Like, I didn't like that. Because all of a sudden, you could have been leading the points the entire season and if you have one bad race, you were screwed. If you had two, you were done. There was no coming back from it. And you didn't have to even be winning races. All you had to do was be consistent and you had a legitimate shot at winning the championship. Now, if you have a bad race, that's okay because guess what? If you come back and you win the next one, well, you lock yourself into the next round. And so it makes it to where these guys can actually take those gambles. Make those, you know, take those chances that they wouldn't have taken before. Because now it's about winning, right? I mean, you've always tried to do as, you know, the best that you can, get the most out of the car, get the best finish that you can. But you've always got that, that Hail Mary. It's like that pitcher that's got that one, you know, that one great pitch left. You know, Randy Johnson, right? When he was 30 years old, dude could, could, could pump gas, could just throw 99, hundred miles an hour, just straight fire. He could do it a hundred pitches a game, right? Now, when he got to 38 years old, he could still hit 98, but he could only do it about five times a game. So that, that pitch was always there. Y'all, it was always there. If he really needed it, he could reach back and get it four or five times a game, right? And that's how it is with these drivers now. You have a bad race. Don't worry. Next week, we can throw the kitchen sink at it and hopefully pull off a win and lock ourselves in. And it makes this, it makes this much more exciting and most importantly, entertaining because that's the thing. Entertainment is everything. If NASCAR is not entertaining, people don't watch. If people don't watch, guess what? There ain't no NASCAR. So the fact that it's actually entertaining again is a huge, huge deal. It really is. Now, I don't think we'll ever see, and I've talked about this before at length, I don't think we'll ever see, you know, the, the really big money days that we saw back, you know, late 90s, early 2000s with NASCAR. I think that was, I, I, I think that was an absolute bubble. But I do think we can see it really get back to, you know, what, what I thought made the sport great. And it seems, like it's, it seems like it's really healthy right now and on the right path. So that is definitely a really, really good thing, at least from my point of view. So if you ever watched the 
Netflix series, uh, Formula One, Drive to Survive. It is, in my opinion, it is one of the greatest shows ever created. It really is. It is that incredible. I've said it numerous times before. I got back into F1 racing um, because of sim racing, because of what I do now for a living. But I became diehard into F1 again because of that show. And in that show, you get to meet the wingman, right, for Lewis Hamilton. And that's how, and that's how the world sees him. Now, Valtteri Baltas, that poor dude, um, I, you, you, you just feel bad for him, right? And imagine, imagine being in that situation, right? Because this is what, this is what we do as a society. It is. We always, you know, who's number one, right? You look at the NBA. It's always who's LeBron going to get to be his, his number two, right? Batman. Batman's got to find his Robin, right? Like we, they talk about all the time. You hear NFL, right? Quarterback's got to have a receiver, right? Patrick Mahomes is lighting it up. Yet, you know, Travis Kelsey, as much love as he gets, he ain't going to get the love that Mahomes gets, right? It's, he's always going to be second fiddle to Mahomes. Always. It does not matter what he does. He will always be the second fiddle. Like Scottie Pippen was to Michael Jordan, right? It, it's just the way that it is. And Valtteri Bottas is made out to be like this, this just schmuck, you know, you know, glue guy whose only job is to just clear traffic for Lewis Hamilton. And it's sad because obviously to make it in F1, you have to be good. You have to be so freaking good to make it in F1. Now, unless you are, you know, Mazaspin, whose dad is a billionaire and could just show up and like buy a team or something like that, right? Like there are those situations that happen. And sometimes those situations work out for the best, right? Nikki Lada is one of my favorite stories of all time. Dude takes out a loan, buys a seat, and then becomes one of the greatest F1 drivers to ever live. Gets a ride with Ferrari. But sometimes that doesn't work out, right? Sometimes daddy's got money and the kids get a ride. But for the most part, you got to earn your way there. And just to get a, just to get one of those seats, there's only 20 of them on earth. 20. I mean, we talk about, you know, the odds of making it to Major League Baseball or the NBA or the NFL. The odds of becoming one of 20 F1 drivers, think about how small those are. And Bottas made it. And he earned a ride on the best team in all of F1 right now. And they've been the best team for damn near a decade. And this last week in Turkey, he got the win. And it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a, you know, Lewis Hamilton was leading and got a flat tire. So then Baltas got the win. It wasn't nothing like that. Baltas just dominated the race and got the win. It was an incredible performance. And it was really, really cool to see because, and look, I'm not a huge Botas fan. Like I don't, I don't root for him. I, you know, I, I don't root against him, but I, I don't root for him. You know, I just, when I watched that show, I really felt bad for the guy. And obviously keep in mind it's, although it is a docu-drama type series, like it can be edited to make it look what, however they want. So I, I get that. I understand that. But 
for the most part, that's how the world sees him, right? He is the Robin to Lewis Hamilton's Batman. That's just how the world sees him. And the guy's got talent and he's got skill and he put it on display this week in Turkey and ran a phenomenal race and got the win. Now, not only did he get the win, but Hamilton started from the back and was able to drive it all the way up and score fourth place. Now, that wasn't good enough for him to hold on to the points lead, though. Verstappen, who got second, and then Perez, Verstappen's teammate, got third. So, Hamilton's now trailing in the points of Verstappen. And this thing's going to come down to the wire. There's a few weeks left, and it's going to be really interesting to see who can pull this off. Now, I thought this year that Verstappen had a shot to to get the championship. And when Verstappen was really dominating and and Mercedes those few weeks looked like they were kind of struggling, you know, Total Wolf came out and was like, oh, well, we're just going to focus on next year. Which was bull. That was absolute crap. You don't win, you know, championship after championship after championship and then after a couple of bad weeks go, well, I guess we're going to mail it in and work on next year's cart. No, you don't do that. That is... (laughs) It is a multi, multi, I mean, hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, operation. They're not just going to be like, yeah, screw 2021. We'll just look for 2022. No, that's not happening. So it wasn't a shock to see Hamilton back up, win in races, and then back into the points lead ultimately. Now he has fallen back to second. Verstappen is, I believe, four or six points ahead. Um, and double check this real quick. Yeah, Verstappen is six points ahead right now of Hamilton. So now six points is actually quite a bit in F1. I mean, that's that's quite a bit. So if Verstappen can can maintain, keep scoring these podiums, um, you know, and he's gonna have to actually get some wins in there too, because Hamilton, it's like it's not like it's not like NASCAR. It's like, oh, I average a top five finish. It's like, no, you need to be like first or second the whole freaking season to win the championship. So um he'll have to score a couple of wins, but the, you know, the tracks that are coming up, he does good. At, I mean, he does good at all of them. And it's like Hamilton. They do good at all of them. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But it was really, really cool to see Boltas get the win. I Like I said, I, I'm, not a, I'm not a Boltas fan. I don't root for him, but I don't root against him. And it was just nice to see him get a win. If this is his last win at Mercedes, you know, that's awesome. Maybe he'll get some more this season. But for somebody that I know, you know, he... He's in the shadow, and it's a huge shadow. Lewis Hamilton, you know, when it's all said and done, gonna go down as, you know, he'll be, I mean, one of the greatest, if not the greatest F1 driver of all time, right? And so when you're when that's your teammate, you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be clouded by his by his stardom. So nice win for him. It was good to see, but interesting, interesting, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this season plays out in the F1 series. All right, so last night we crowned a new eNASCAR Coca-Cola Series champion on the iRacing platform. That champion is Keegan Leahy, and forgive me if I'm saying that name wrong. Um, So Leahy scored his, that was his first championship in the Coke Series, I believe. I think last year, let's see, 20, it was 2020 or 2019, I think he finished second. Um, but he got the championship this year. Now the purse for the season was over $300,000. Okay. Leahy, his championship was a hundred grand. All right. A hundred thousand dollars 
to win a sim racing event. Now, this series, it plays out just like the NASCAR series in real life does. Now, obviously, because it ended last night, it doesn't go as long as the, the real world NASCAR series. And there's also not as many races. Um, but it does go for, man, the majority of the year. I mean, it starts around Daytona 500. And then it goes till, you know, last night. And the drivers in this series are incredible. As, as, a, as a sim racer, okay? As you said, so I do this for a living. Now, I, I make my living through, you know, the secondary market, like cottage industries. I'm not making my living like Leahy, who's just flat out winning races. But, but spending the time that I spend on there, knowing what it takes to reach that level it's an incredible accomplishment. It absolutely is. And it makes me really wonder what we'll see in terms of the future of sim racing. You see, I remember back, it must have been, whew, man, 94, 95? I had to be like 11 or 12. So I had to be like 1994, 95. I remember playing the original NASCAR racing on PC. It was made by Papyrus. And that was, hands down, like, I mean, at the time, that was the coolest racing game I ever played. It was, it, I, I mean, I, I remember it to this day, the first time I sat down on my Uncle Mike's computer, because he had it, with his steering wheel that had no force feedback, right? It was just a wheel. I mean, basically, you could just spin it, like, forever in circles. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it just, like, it just spun. I had no force feedback and you're on this little, you know, like 14 inch monitor that weighed, you know, 70 pounds because it was as long as it was wide. And I remember playing that game and thinking, this is the coolest freaking thing I've ever done. Now, obviously when I actually started racing in real life, then that was the coolest thing I had ever done. But I remember that time when I played, I was like, this is incredible. I remember just seeing like, you know, this looks so good and it's so realistic and oh my God, you can actually do adjustments to the car and it's like physics and, it, and it, they like work and this is, this is nuts, right? Like I, it was just insane. The stuff that, that you could do back then. And now when I look at what sim racing has become after COVID, right? Sim racing was already big, but after COVID, when NASCAR did their, their invitational series, right? And, they, and it, it was like the only thing on TV in terms of sports was real world NASCAR drivers racing on the iRacing platform to see the explosion that we've seen in sim racing and to see it continue to carry through, right? A lot of people joined during COVID. Not all of them stayed, but a big chunk of them did. It's been incredible. And it, it opens up a much wider discussion on the future of sports, particularly esports. You see, I'm actually somebody who thinks that we're just scratching the surface when it comes to esports. I, re I really do think that. I watched a movie a couple weeks ago. 
is called Ready Player One. If you haven't seen it, it's a really cool movie. If you're into virtual reality or aug- augmented reality, that type of thing, um, you know, science fiction, action movies, that type of stuff, it's a really, really cool movie. At least I thought it was. And at this time that this was going on, you have what's called the Oasis. And the Oasis is basically, it's like the Matrix, right? Except it's not simulation where human humans are being like, you know, treated like batteries. But it's essentially, you've got, it's virtual reality. And you got people who are spending more time in this virtual reality world than they are in the real world. And it's because in the virtual reality world, it has literally become its own universe where it's got an economy within it. And you can wear these suits where the whole thing, like you can actually feel when other people are touching you. I mean, just everything, right? It's, it's everything. Now, when you die in the Oasis, right? You don't actually die in real life, but you lose everything that you had gained in there. You got to start over from scratch. It's, it's really, it's a really, really cool. I, it was a really, really cool movie. And I think it's what we will actually see in the future. Now, when I say in the future, it's probably going to be quite a ways away before something like that happens. That I, that won't be happening in my lifetime. Um, maybe my sons or my my grandkids, whenever whenever they're born. Hopefully not for a long time. But um, but yeah. But right now, although we don't have the Oasis like in Ready Player One, we do have esports, and it's getting bigger each and every year. It has become an industry unto its own. It is a billion dollar industry. It's huge. It's a huge, huge industry. Now, sim racing at this point is just a small portion of it. When you compare sim racing to something like Dota 2, right? Like the international tournament for Dota 2, I mean, it's like $30 million price pool. So 300,000, 30 million, right? Like that's, that's a rounding error when you're talking about 30 million, right? Like it's nothing. But when we look at where it has come from to what it is now, it's been exponential growth. And I think if it can continue to get the exposure that it's had over the last 18 months, I think we could see it grow more and more. You're finding a lot more, not just kids wanting to sim race, but real world drivers who are sim racing. Yuki Sonoda, who's an F1 driver, has now got a sim set up at his house. And he was talking about how he's hoping to use that to improve in his real world racing. Now, the sim that he's got at his house is not as complex as the one, you know, at the, I think he drives for AlphaTauri, right? It's not, the, it's not that complex, but it's good enough to help him learn. Dale Earnhardt Jr. talks all the time about how he, I mean, look, he raced NASCAR. And he's been in, you know, he's like the, I don't know, he's like an executive or some kind of thing now. It's some ceremonial title or something like that at at iRacing. But he tests all the cars. He drives them. He's been on those tracks in real life and the sim. And he'll sit there and tell you, dude, they are the same. They look and feel the same. As close as it can feel without being the real thing. That's incredible. And what I really want to see is is when are we when will we 
get that person who starts off in sim racing and then ends up making the move to real life racing. And yes, there are people who've done it, right? I, I know of some drivers who've actually done it and stuff like that, but I'm talking about the, the first person who, go, who makes the big leap, right? Keegan Leahy wins the, the Coke E-Series or the E-NASCAR Coke Series, right? And then this next year, we find out that Keegan Leahy is going to get a ride in a super late model, right? Like something like that. He's never driven a race car before, never even been in an outlaw car. All he's ever done is sim race. And I don't know if that's Keegan Leahy. I don't know if he's ever raced in real life. I don't know the guy. I'm just using him as an example because he won the championship last night. But when will we see that? Will we see that? I think we will. And I think it's going to be a lot sooner than, than later. I do. Because I think the, the potential growth of sim racing is huge and i think it's going to explode over the next you know three to five years like it already has gone up a ton but i think it's going to get even bigger because now we're seeing what i talked about earlier cottage industries popping up secondary markets popping up it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger right yes when you compare sim racing to people online playing call of duty it's not that big but when you consider that race fans are some of the most diehard fans in the world. I've talked about this numerous times. Race fans love racing. They do. They love it. And when they realize that this is not a replacement, but a supplement to the real thing, then we've got something. And that's when I think we'll start to see this thing blow up even more. So it'll be interesting to see what happens this coming year and obviously in the future. But congratulations anyways to Keegan Leahy for bringing home the championship. Hopefully he can have another fantastic year next season. All right, it is time for the Ask Tommy portion of the pod where we basically yeah, just ask me a question. You can send your questions or comments or whatever to asktommy35 at gmail.com. Um, got one we're going to cover today and it's, uh, basically just, I don't know. I thought it was kind of a cool question. Nothing anybody needs help with. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're wanting to bet on the race coming up. I don't know, but it's, it's not for a few months. So, um, anyways, so, uh, Joe, I think that's Joe. Yeah. He put two E's. That must've been a typo. We're going to call him Joe. So Joe asked me, uh, Tommy. This year's Chili Bowl, do you think Larson is going to repeat or do you think there will be another winner? Okay, so basically he just asked me if I think Kyle Larson is going to repeat as the Chili Bowl winner. Um, you know, I I don't know. It's really interesting. The Chili Bowl is one of those races where, um, and I've been to it a couple of times live, and Chili Bowl is one of those races where you, there's obviously skill, you got to be good, you got to be talented, but there's also some luck involved, right? So if you look at, what was it, last year? Was it last year or the year before? Right, take Brad Sweet, for example. Sweet was winning his qualifying night, right? And then like one little thing wrecks and then that's it. Like his the rest of his weekend is screwed because he didn't do good in the, the feature on the qualifying night. Now he's got to go to like the C main on Saturday, you know what I mean? And it's so it's just like these little things 
can add up. And when you're on a track that small going that fast with that many other cars, there's a lot of luck involved. Now, at the end of the day, right, you got to make your own luck. You know what I mean? If you don't want to be in the thick of it, well, then you better make sure that you qualify up front. If you don't want to be in the C main on Saturday, you better make sure that you do good in the feature, your qualifying feature, and you better get up front and, and win, right? So, yes, obviously, you got to have skill and talent, but there is that, that luck factor to it. Now, when we look at past Chili Bowl winners, or we look at kind of runs that people have gone on, you know, Christopher Bell won a few in a row. Uh, Swindell, what, I mean, Kevin Swindell, what, he win like four in a row or something like that? Something insane. Um, you know, and Larson, he just got his second in a row this year. So the question is, do I think he's going to get a third? To be honest, I, I do. I really do. In fact, if I had to bet, if I had to bet, and it was Kyle Larson against the field, I would probably bet Larson. I really would. And I know that that is insane, right? But what Kyle Larson is doing right now in anything that he races, it reminds me of the run that Tiger Woods had when he was just lighting the world on fire in golf. I mean, every every single time that there was a major, that was the conversation, right? On the, you know, the hot take sports you know, series. Tiger Woods or the field, who you taking, right? Like that's what they used to do all the freaking time. And I'm telling you right now, what Kyle Larson is doing, it reminds me of that. It really does. Now in racing, it's hard to compare to something like golf because golf has got the majors, right? And these, these, these events, right? These four events are, are just huge, huge events, right? And so you know, in, in racing, we have huge events, but it's not like there's, it's these five or these three or these six or whatever, right? Like if you win these six in one year, you're on the Pantheon. Like we don't have that. Granted, you know, if he won Chili Bowl, Daytona 500, you know, like Kings Royal, I mean, I mean, he didn't win Daytona 500, but think about that this year, he won the Chili Bowl, he won the Kings Royal, right? I mean, the dude was just, he's just been on fire. Oh, on fire. He's on pace right now to win his uh, to win a championship. But the guy, he's just amazing, dude. He really is. He's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. I I you know what? Yeah, I would take yeah, Joe, I'd take Larson. I, I think Larson's gonna do it again. I really do. There's very few drivers that I can see hanging with him. You know, there really is. Um I mean, for all the really good midget drivers out there, and there's a lot of them in a good sprint, because, you know, Chili Bowl, everybody shows up, right? Everybody from all different, you know, it's like the one race a year where it doesn't matter what you race. If you're a good race car driver, you can find, or you can get into the Chili Bowl, like, and you run the Chili Bowl, you know? I mean, with the exception of, like, you know, like John Force, you know, <laughs> except for, like, a, a top fuel drag driver. But, I mean, everybody else, like, I mean, they come out for the Chili Bowl, so... Man, even with everybody, I'd have to say Larson would be my pick. Kyle Larson would be my pick if he runs it. And I don't see any reason why he wouldn't run it, but I would I would say Larson. I really would. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, it would be tough to pick against him. So yeah, I, I'm going with Kyle Larson. I think he'll I think he'll get the three peat this year at the Chili Bowl. Long ways away. It's a lot, obviously a lot can happen. 
Um, you know, we might find out that he doesn't even run it. Who knows? But although I doubt that's going to happen, but, uh, yeah, it would be Larson. Larson would be my pick, man. It would. So anyways, you guys, that's going to do it all for today's episode. Thank you very much as always for joining me. Now, please, before you go, you know what to do, like it, share it, do all that other good stuff and go over to Apple, Apple pod, iTunes, whatever the hell it's called now, just head over there. Leave me a rating and review if you like the show, please. All right. Just do me that small little favor. Um, and then, like I said, share it with people, you know, people you think might like this and, um, yeah, just be back here next week. Check it out next week. I got a really, really cool segment that I've been working on, um, that I'm going to be rolling out next week, getting ready for the winter months because, you know, racing's going to be ending here in just a few weeks. And how are we going to talk racing if there's none going on? Well, I got a plan for that. So I'm going to be rolling that segment out next week, kind of testing the waters on it. So it'll be really fun, really cool. And I'm looking forward to doing it. But until then, you guys, as always, thank you very much for joining me. Have a great week. And until next Wednesday, take care.